This is part two of Living Above the Snake Line. If you weren't here last week, I'm not going to preach the whole thing again, but just quickly, there is, scientists tell us, there is a line all over the world uh, called the snake line. There's an altitudinal line that the snakes will not go any higher, maybe because of the lack of oxygen. They're not sure what it is, but there is a place where snakes are not comfortable. And I told you last week, there's a place in God where snakes are not comfortable. There's a place in God, whew, glory to God, where snakes do not want to go. I'm not saying there's a place where there is no devil. I'm not going to say that you'll never be tempted again. I'm just saying there's a place where he's not comfortable, which is better than living in a place where he is. And I told you last week that in New England, when, the, when they first came over here, they, they began to go further and further inland in New England. They began to go a little higher into the mountains. And they discovered at a certain, a certain altitude in the mountains, there were no snakes. There were no poisonous snakes. Their children weren't being bit and died, of course, because they didn't have uh, a- antibodies or a- anti-venom back then. And if you got bit, you were probably dead. So they would, they would build their home. But the thing about building high like that is it's not the most convenient place. The ground's a little thinner. Come on. It's a little colder. There's a little more snow. It's, 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 it's kind of hard to, to plant and that kind of thing, but you were safe. And the thing about living above the snake line is this. It is not a comfortable place. Some of you think, oh, I wish I could walk in the Spirit. Are you sure? Because it's not easy street. It's a peaceful place in the middle of a war. Thou preparest a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Oh, come on, church. Somebody help me. I need your help this morning. So, so it's, it's not a convenient place, but it's a safe place. It's not an easy place, but it's a peaceful place. And, and how do I get there? You're there when you're in an attitude of praise. You're above the snake line when you're adoring him, when you're praying, when you're praising, when you're reading your word, when you're here in the safety hmm, of, of the tabernacle of the Lord. Hallelujah. Among God's saints. Amen. People say, ah, you don't have to be a Christian to go to church. No. You can be stupid if you want to. God did not leave Christianity for a person, he left a church. He left the church. He left the church. Now, you can be saved. You can go to heaven and not go to church. But if you don't go to church, if you don't gather with the saints, with the family of God, what does that mean? That means you're dysfunctional. Well, understand that we all have families. And to some degree or another, you know, some families are dysfunctional and some are healthy. We need a functional church where people are here every week. Isn't it interesting that they say in the scriptures, to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Listen, especially, especially when you get towards the end. 
And yet we're near the end. I mean, near the end. I mean, maybe just, maybe I won't finish this sermon that close. We're that close, and yet there are fewer people going to church now. How many remember a time when it was, you were faithful when you came to church three times a week? Those were the faithful people. When you're an old preacher, you, you think of all the stuff you've said over 50 years, and it all comes back to you. So it's not a comfortable place, but it's a safe place. It's the place in him. And there is a place where you can live where demons are not comfortable, where they have to expose themselves. Where they have to reveal, you know, every time a devil got near Jesus, he just had to come out. If I were around Jesus, I would take cover. But they come out. They're forced out. Why? Because every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess. <laughs> they know Jesus better than some of us do. Amen. So we talked about living above the snake line, but I want to just take a few minutes and talk about snakes for a few moments. I know it makes you uncomfortable. Not many people like snakes, and there's a reason for that, because we see one in the garden in Genesis, and we see another one in the book of Revelation. Come on, that dragon, that serpent. In Genesis, he's almost a gentleman. Has God surely said? He's just, you know. Come on, Eve. I'm your friend. There's that deception going on. But by the time, 6,000 years later, by the time you get to the book of Revelation, he's a dragon. He's angry. And the Bible tells us why, because he doesn't have much time left. Come on, church. So he's angry, and he's, he's, he's swallowing things. He's not just deceiving anymore. He's attacking. And that's the day and age we're living in right now. We are under attack. I got good news. We've already won the war. Just got to have a few skirmishes, a few battles here and there. The devil just hasn't got the notice yet. There are basically four kinds of poisonous snakes. They have four different tactics. Remember what Paul said? We are not ignorant of his devices. Actually, most Christians are because <laughs> they fall for just about anything. But Paul says we are not ignorant of his devices. I believe we need to be aware of his strategy. So as we live above the snake line, Watch these four snakes real quick. The first one I want to talk about is, is the uh, python. His strategy, of course, is to suffocate, to squeeze. He comes around you. Let's, let's look at the Scripture. There, the, all four of these snakes are in the Scripture. Acts chapter 16, verse 16. One day, uh, Paul is here. As we were going to the house of prayer, we encountered a young slave girl who had an evil spirit of divination. That word divination is actually the word, Greek word, python, where the snake gets its name, the spirit of python. She had earned great profits for her owners. You know, when the, when the devil's got you, you're not the one always getting the profits. <laughs> she kept following us, shouting, these men are servants of the great high God. Didn't I tell you the devil is stupid? 
and they're telling us how to be saved. Wow. Day after day, you continue to do this until Paul, greatly annoyed. Annoyed is a spirit. You can have the, you can be anointed or you can be annoying. Uh, Greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit indwelling her, I command you in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to come out of her now and quit annoying me. Sometimes the devil, the devil knows the truth. And he'll just say things to annoy people. Cast it out anyway. At that very moment, the spirit, at that very moment, the spirit came out of her. Now, what does a python do? It wraps itself around you and squeezes and squeezes and squeezes so that when you, when you exhale, when you inhale, of course, you take in, you expand, and then you exhale, and when you exhale, he tightens. And that means that you cannot take air in now. At some point, you I can't take air in. We always think the devil fights what's coming out of us, but really he wants to stop what's trying to come in us. God's breath, God's Holy Spirit. That's why he's convincing people not to be in church. That's why he's convincing people you don't need all that. That's why he's convincing people you don't need to come to a church like this. Come on, church. Amen. There's, there's a spirit now in the realm that's, that's, uh, not, that's trying to cut off your air. The Holy Spirit is, is air. He's breath. He's the wind. He's the ruach. Amen? So he's trying to cut off so that you cannot take in. That is the spirit of the python. And he said, well, how do you deal with that? You rebuke it in Jesus' name. Whatever is constraining you, whatever is holding you back, whatever is stopping you, whatever is preventing you from breathing, you just need to say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Come out. He just says, I command you in the name of Jesus. There's no ha here. Listen, you have authority. I don't want to scare you, but every once in a while, and I won't tell you how often it happens, we actually cast demons out at this altar, and a lot of times you don't even, you're not even aware of it. So, Pastor, doesn't that bother you? <laughs> not in the least. Bring it on. Because it's not about me. It's not. We have that name that's above every other name, and you just speak, get out of here. And it's got to go. You don't have to make a big deal over it, do an Indian war dance or something. Just cast it out because it's not your loud voice that does it. It is the name of Jesus. How many know a policeman, when he stops you, doesn't have to act all tough? He can be really nice because that bad says, do it or you go to jail. And we're going to do it with a smile, but we're taking you. 
Amen? They're, they're trained to be calm and just use their power and authority. And it's not about so much about the power. It's about the authority. You have authority in Jesus' name. There I go yelling again. All right. Number two, the rattlesnake. Sometimes the devil lets you know he's there. Come on now. You always know when there's a rattlesnake because he's got that, that rattle, and, and, and that, that's a warning. Amen. And, and really, that's, that's like the devil that we're facing today. He, he's not hidden anymore. He, he's not hot. He, he doesn't have to be sneaky anymore, really. He's that, he's that dragon that I mentioned in the book of Revelation. Amen. And, 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 and God tells us in Revelation 12, verse 11, how to deal with that angry demon. Amen. And they overcame him, how? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. They did not love their lives so much to stay in bed on Sunday morning. I got a, that's right over there. I appreciate it. Amen. They overcame him by the blood and by your testimony. That's why the devil is always attacking your, your self-confidence. And by self-confidence, I mean confidence in him. He's always, under, he's always attacking that. But you have a testimony. And you can't love your life. You have to give up your life. I'm not worried about my life. You can kill me and I still win. You can kill me, but that's just promotion. Number three. I told you to go quick. There's only two more. I mean, how long could that take? How about the coral snake? Isn't it pretty? It is so pretty. You see that, you just want to, you just want to pick it up and hug it. You just want to get real close and take a picture. Yeah, it's so pretty. The, the coral snake never makes any effort to hide. It's just, it's just out there all the time. But that, that beautiful, those beautiful colors are camouflage because really it's all about deception. And as pretty as it is, that's how deadly it is. Remember what the Scripture says in the last days. That he will, Jesus said, they'll, he'll, they'll transform themselves into an angel of light. I don't know. I think most Christians will not be able to recognize the Antichrist. Because he's going to come in during a great crisis, greater than COVID. <laughs> he's going to come in during a great crisis, and he's going to be our Savior. He's going to make everything right. We're going to like it. We're going to have one world economy. It seems like we almost do now. How many know we're almost, almost there? We're, we're right on the verge of the cashless thing. It's right there. Banks now are, well, we'll preach that later. This is why sermons get long. Amen. But it's upon us. The dollar is being crushed and everything's, okay, so things, things are happening. Um, but, but remember, Eve, Eve was deceived, 
And there is a spirit of deception. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14 and 15. <clears throat> and no wonder for Satan himself, Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. In other words, they, they pretend to be Christians whose end will be according to their works. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives, deceives the whole world. How many believe that's going to be really easy? What's your party? I don't know, but I'm going to one. <laughs> we got to have Trump in the White House. The White House is not the answer. God may put him in there, but he's not the answer. Biden is not the answer. It's not about the White House. It's God's house. <laughs> it's not about some king. It's about the king of kings, Lord of lords, singing the song of songs in the holy of holies. Ah, oh, praise God. Mark chapter 13, verse 22, for false Christs, false prophets will rise, and they're going to have signs and wonders that will deceive, if possible, even the elect. What did I say a little while ago? We need to go deeper, and a lot of churches are happy with shallow because it keeps everybody happy. It doesn't challenge anybody. You can just come to church and be entertained and feel good, and go home. They never hear the message Jesus preached, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And when he preached that message, he lost 99% of his congregation. He even looked at the 12 and said, are you going to hang out now? And they probably would have, but they said, where else we got to go? I don't know if that's a great answer. Where else? You know, we've given up. We've left everything. I, I, you know, I, I can't, I'm not going to go back to fishing and restart my I guess I'll stay with you. And Jesus is like, oh, whatever. But take heed. See, I have told you all things beforehand. Is it not in the Word? So how do we combat deception? Know your Word. And how many people really know the word when preachers are preaching fluff and just nice things and, 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 and they're just preaching how-to sermons and, and, it's, and there's nothing wrong with a how-to sermon, but that's not the only thing you need to preach. Sometimes you need to be confronted by truth. It's not always about learning how to do something. It's learning how to quit doing some things. How I many know the truth will set you free? Number four, the last one, the copperhead. <laughs> the copperhead. Okay, the rattler has his rattle, right? The python, it's hard to hide a python. They're huge. They're huge. Let me tell you something else about a python. There's a myth about the python and that, that he hypnotizes 
he hypnotizes these squirrels and mice, and then they're, they're just like, yes, master, and he swallows them. That's actually a myth. They don't have the power, but sometimes <laughs> the mice are scared to death. <laughs> I'm about to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you ever see this? There are pythons that can swallow small deer. I mean, you see the deer going down the body. I mean, <laughs> it's a lie of Satan that he can hypnotize you, that he can stop you dead in your tracks, that somehow he can make you do something you don't want to do. It's a lie of the devil. Amen. You need to overcome, just overcome your fear of him and stand. The Bible says stand. I haven't done all to stand. Stand. Put on the full armor of God. And in Jesus' name, amen, you confront the enemy. You, you don't have to be frozen with fear. You don't have to fear the enemy. He He's already overcome. By the blood of Jesus, he's overcome. You don't have to be paralyzed. I see so many Christians just absolutely paralyzed, and it's a lie of Satan. Woo! Back to the copperhead. He blends in, he hides. He strikes from hidden places. He's not like the rattler. He's not huge like the python. He's not beautiful and out in the open and deceptive like, like, uh, like the uh, coral snake. He's hidden. Acts 28, verse 1. Uh, you all know this story. After Paul had reached and his crew safely reached land, remember he told the ship's captain, you're headed into a storm. Yeah, I can handle it. Well, he didn't. We discovered that the island we were on was Malta. I've been to Malta. It's so cool. I've been right in the bay. There's only one bay in, on the island of Malta. So I was in the bay where Paul came ashore. I was looking for snakes everywhere. I was looking. <laughs> Don't pick up any sticks. Don't. The people who lived there showed us extraordinary kindness. They still do. For they welcomed us around the fire they had built because it was cold and rainy. Mm -hmm. When Paul had gathered an armful of brushwood and was setting it on the fire, the snake wasn't in the fire. The snake was in the brush. Sometimes it's in the very thing you're using to try to get something done. And he's hiding in the brush. And he was setting it on the fire, and a venomous snake was driven out by the heat. How many know the heat drives them out? That's why we cast out demons in church. The heat, the fire. Some churches say, we've never seen anyone possessed. <laughs> I believe that. Because they're never exposed. But when you've got a bunch of people worshiping God with all their heart and soul, no, no, the devil doesn't hide. He gets exposed. He loses his cover. The heat exposes them. Worship exposes them. Oh, I guess I won't worship. I don't want one of those. No, you'd rather it just hide 
in you. No, if there's, if there's some demon uh, messing with me, I want it exposed. I want, him, I want him out in the open. I want to be able to say, there you are, and get out of my life in the name of Jesus. He was setting it on fire, and the snake was driven out by the heat, and it latched onto Paul's hand with its fangs. didn't just bite him. It hung on. And Paul's like, hmm. And while that snake's there, it's pumping venom, poison. Don't let a, don't let a demon hang on. The longer it hangs on, the more venom. And when the islanders saw the snake dangling from Paul's hand, they said to one another, no doubt about it. This guy's a murderer. <laughs> Even though he escaped death at sea, right? Justice is now caught up with him. But Paul... I believe he had a sandwich in one hand. <laughs> and the snake in another hand shook it off in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He flung it. And he didn't just fling it. He flung it into the fire. <laughs> Nothing will burn up a devil more than praise and worship. We fling it into the fire. It is not comfortable. It is above the snake line. It is in the fire. It cannot exist. It cannot prosper. It cannot do its work. It is destroyed in the fire. How many believe we need to spend more time worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords? We need to wake up praising him. Go to bed praising him. We eat our meal praising him. Ah, go to work praising him. When we're attacked, praise him. Everything that we say or do, we need to just be saying, praise ye the Lord. Give him glory in the house. And suffered no harm at all. I got a word for you. Shake it off. Shake it off. Sometimes it's just that easy. Shake it off. I, I don't know that you always need five years of counseling. Sometimes you just need to, because it has no authority. It has no power. And by the way, whatever damage we think it may have already done, God will reverse the damage. Because the venom was already in the hand. But he just kept eating his sandwich. Amen. Amen. They brought it from Wendy's, and, you know, they all just had a good time. In the, in the late 1800s, and that's not that long ago, a guy by the name of Albert Cal Calmetti, he was a scientist, and he began injecting small amounts of venom in animals, and he discovered if you inject just a small amount that they actually build up an immunity so that when they get a real snake bite, they're fine. He discovered this, that the very thing that, that can kill you is the very thing that can save you. In the Old Testament, people were dying of a plague 
And Moses told him to make a snake. A snake? I think we mentioned this last week. And they, they put the snake on a pole, and he said, everyone that looked at the snake was healed of the plague. In fact, a couple weeks ago, someone asked me, why would, why would God make an image of a snake? Why would you look at a snake? That's a type of Satan. But when Jesus died on the cross, it said that he became sin. He didn't sin, but he became. He didn't represent, he became the snake. And the Bible says, if he be lifted up, that's primarily in reference to the cross. If he be lifted up and we look on the snake, we're healed. Looking to the cross, we are healed. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. I, I'm not sure why this is, but in, in the Catholic Church, they don't, have, they don't call them crosses. They call them crucifixes because every Catholic Church, every cross has Jesus still on the cross. And part of me says, you know, he's not there anymore. <laughs> but, it, but it is a reminder that we look upon that and we're reminded that his death gave us life, that his suffering brought us healing. Whew. But in Protestant churches, there's one behind the screen. In Protestant churches, Jesus is not on the cross, but we're reminded of the cross. But he's not on the cross because for us, it's more about the resurrection. He's risen. From the cross. He is not here. He, you know, some people are like the, the disciples uh, when Jesus got uh, uh, taken up to heaven and an angel came down and said, Why are you standing here gawking up into heaven? He's coming back just like he left. Amen. But in the meantime, serve him. In the meantime, he's going to send the Holy Spirit, that other comforter. Amen. That's just as real as the body of Christ was here on the planet. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost and you're going to have a comforter. He's going to live in you. We actually look upon the cross. So Pastor, how does that work? Well, what they do, what they do is they give you blood transfusions. The day you were saved, you may not have realized it, but you got hooked up to the blood transfusion. Jesus sent his blood through your body. Oh, you mean that literally? I don't know, but the Bible says we're a new creation. He said you have to be born again. Why do you have to be born again? Because the old DNA will send you to hell, but the new DNA that you get through the blood transfusion will send you right to heaven. Amen. It'll, it'll, when you get that new DNA blood in you, you start looking like him. You start acting like him. You start talking like him. That's what we've been talking about this whole series, how to be a spirit man, how to walk in the spirit. Get that blood transfusion. Begin to understand that you have a new DNA. So spend time in his presence. 
gaze upon him. 